You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is January 11th, 2021. Today's show is brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com and use the promo code Locked On for 20% off on your next order. On the show today, Max Raymond of District on Deck joins me to break down the Kyle Schwarber signing, uh, talk about the Josh Bell signing, and what is next for Nationals in this offseason. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Monday, January 11th, 2021. And joining me for the first time in the new year is Max Raymond of District on Deck. Max, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Happy holidays. How have you been? I am well. Um, I will say the Nats have liked to make moves at the most inconvenient time. We had the Josh Bell trade. I believe it was Christmas Eve or day, I think, one of the two. And then we had um, – we have this Kyle Schwarber move, which happens, and I am I am out of you know I, I was actually in so- Southwest Virginia at the time, so I was three and a half hours away from home, uh, you know, no, not able to do a a reaction episode, and then of course the following two days I started to come down with a little bit of chest thing, so I'm like you know I'm, I'm glad I have you here to help me discuss the uh, the news here of of the Kyle Schwarber signing, and that's that's where we start. I mean, the Nets are not going shot for shot, I guess you could say, with the Braves and the Mets, but. Look, they're trying to make some moves, I think, under some financial restrictions, it appears. But they're trying to make some moves, right? They're trying to improve that lineup, and they're doing whatever they can, I, I think, under what appears to be some financial constraints. 2019 was a special year for the Nats, and recently the Nationals have targeted guys who had monster years in 2019. Kyle Schwarber, I'm not high on him. I've never been a fan. Drafted uh, number four overall in 2014. Never really lived up to his uh, draft stock. He's tried. I mean, dude hits bombs, 121 bombs in his six-year career. But in 2019, he looked like he was finally putting his, uh, the right foot forward. Hit 250, career-high 38 homers. He also had, I believe, um, 90 RBIs around there. He had 70 RBI, uh, sorry, 92 RBIs, 871 OPS. So he had a monster season in um, – for all things considered in 2019 and then last year happened and he fell back to earth. I don't fully blame him for 2020 because so many sluggers fell apart. Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, Pete Alonzo. I mean, everyone that had struggles in 2020, be it pitchers or hitters. So I'll hold that against him, but in his career, he's a 230 hitter. So, and he is a liability in the field, but I get, I see what um, Riddle was doing well, keeping the financial straights, as you said, trying to put together a P, uh, roster that is a lot more improved at the plate from last year. And I mean, I'm not a fan, but like, I hope Shorter proves me wrong. Yeah. And that's what I'm wondering about. I mean, it's a one year, it's a one year, $10 million deal. And so the way that the Josh Bell trade felt like a calculated risk, this one is much more of a calculated risk because it's a, I mean, what you're doing is $10 million. Look, it's a one year deal. So it's not a, it's not a gigantic uh, commitment, but ten million dollars in the in the state of the league right now—that's pretty. It's pretty substantial. Did I think. The go ahead. Contract is actually set up. Did not. No. 
So it's seven million for this year, and he has an eleven million uh, mutual option for next year. But if they decline the option, it's a three million buyout. Right. So making it ten million. That's right. I did really, yeah, I did read the three million dollar buyout. I was not, I did not know if it was after the season was over or if it was one of those things where, uh, you know, how it would go. But yeah, I mean, I think considering if if he kept performing in twenty twenty the way he had and it was a full season, um, I think we would be looking at this in a normal time saying that's still a lot of money, even if he improved a little bit, I think one year, $10 million is still a lot of money. Once again, the, the nice thing is that it's a, you know, it's $3 million on a buyout though. is pretty, that's, it's a lot. Like it's, it's a, it's a pretty hefty sum of money. And I think Nats fans here are like, you know, Josh Bell's a calculated risk. This is just a risk risk, right? This is just a straight up risk. And you are really hoping that his defense is not horrible and that he's able to provide some pop. I did see that he said back when he was in Chicago and Dave Martinez was still the bench coach that Martinez personally helped him work on his defense. So I believe mm. he's hoping that a reunion of sorts will help him. And another thing to keep in mind is now Schwarber will be able to work with Kevin Long, who is very, really, really, really good at his job. Mm-hmm. Yes. I will, same with Josh Bell. So hopefully he will be able to help him get more consistent at the plate. Yeah, those are two guys that we, that was that's the question, right? You know, I, I think both of them, we think about who guys, you know, veterans who come to DC and they're able to give these kinds of, you know, performances where they're they're maximizing uh, a lot of, you know, they're getting a lot out of them, right? Adam Eaton comes to mind in terms of his good seasons, you know, that he yeah, had, especially, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not 2020, but, um, you know, Adam Eaton is one that comes to mind. Ryan Zimmerman, this, this staff squeezed that orange, right, for whatever juice that was left. And he's been resurgent. That's somebody that they want back on the mm-hmm. team because of that. Uh, you know, Deion Gomes, a guy who last year showed that he had the ability. Yeah. Kurt Suzuki, yeah. a guy who hit yeah. very, a guy, Kurt Suzuki, who hit, you know, big moments and was a very, I mean, as far as catcher go, catcher goes, a very good yeah. hitter at that position. A guy, a guy that says up to me is Daniel Murphy. He was good with the Mets and then became an absolute stud, finished second in MVP voting, especially if it's Nats and Kevin Long. Yeah, and so it's important. You know, I, I think we talk about change, and I've mentioned this before, change of scenery is important. And I, I it's one for Kyle Schwarber where he's got to love the money he's getting. And also to the fact that he noted he cited the staff, right? He cited David Martinez as somebody who helped him. That's going to give him some confidence, right? And, you know, I, the, the reason why I like the Josh Bell trade is because that's a player who is not in a winning position and they had no protection in, in that lineup, right? There's no, there's, you know, there's nobody there that can help out Josh Bell. Uh, and that's a good point that, uh, you know, the locked on uh, Marlins host RM Laid made the other day is, yeah, this is a, this is a situation where there are other guys around him, right? I mean, you know, there's going to be a Juan Soto somewhere near Josh Bell in the lineup probably. And you're more worried about him than Josh Bell. So maybe he, Josh Bell is going to get more fastballs. Apply that logic now to, to Kyle Schwarber. And I'm not sure where they're going to put him in the lineup. But one thing we talked about last year, Max, was the lack of individual power, right? The Nets would get would get some guys on base, right? But there was nobody who could drive them in. And you and I talked about this, the need for a, a solo shot here and there, right? A guy mm-hmm. who could just generate on a day where they couldn't drive in runs and were leaving guys on base. Somebody give me a solo shot. Somebody knock one out of here. And so we can get, you know, it's a it's a 2-1 game and Scherzer's pitching pretty well, but we need to give him some more support. You, you got to get, you know, you got to get guys like that who can, who can uh, give you home runs. And Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber are two guys who bring that individual pop that they need. So yesterday, Jim Bowden tweeted out that he talked to Dave Martinez and Martinez gave him a first look at what the um, starting lineup looks like mm-hmm. if, uh, as of today. And he had Bell hitting third, Soto second, and Schwarber fourth with Castro hitting fifth. 
that's a and that's a very good heart of the order, right? I mean, and I, that's the question now that we have is how will you structure this? Because your concern becomes with Schwarber and Bell, the strikeouts. So you got to make sure that I think what they're, they're trying to do there is stack it to where either Bell or Schwarber is going to be able to knock in either Turner or Soto, right? Very mm-hmm. bare bones way of explaining it is just those two guys up front. There's a good chance they're going to get on base a few times a game and hopefully Bell and Schwarber behind them uh, and to some extent Castro as well too are going to be able to drive said players in, right? I mean, I think that their best shot is going to be to front load that lineup and that's kind of where I hope I think they hope they win. It's just protect, 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 right? I mean, I'm, I'm happy Castro's back. I he's a very consistent hitter. Mm-hmm. He's a career 280 hitter. Hit 267 last year before he got hurt. Before he went down, he was third on the team in batting average. And yeah, he doesn't have power, but it doesn't really matter if you can't get guys on base. And that's what Castro does. So I'm glad to see him back in the middle of the lineup. Yeah, I I think we're all gonna be glad to have him back, right? I think it's it's a big it's a big part of it. Do we turn our attention now? Do we think that do – do you think that they're done in terms of what they're getting? Like in the lineup side of things. Obviously, pitching uh-huh. they have to address. Pitching – if they're done on pitching, we've, I've, got, I've got some questions if they're done in the pitching part of it. But I think this deal might keep them in the market for JT Real Muto. I don't know, though. I, my, my, my hunch is with the way they've been dealing, that's going to be a no. I, I last time I was on here, we talked about Riamuto, and I'm out on him solely because I don't want to be paying that type of money for a 30 year old catcher. But that's just me. I I don't think we're done. He has Kibum penciled in as a starting third baseman, which I think is the right move because Kibum, top prospect, 20 ranked 20 something by MLB pipeline, deserves a chance. Yeah, small sample size doesn't help. He's come drastically far on defense. He just needs to be given a full opportunity at the plate, but despite having a pencil in, all you hear about is, oh, the Nats are looking at training for this third baseman. They're looking at training for Suarez. look at training for Bryant. Like, I don't think he really wants the role of Kibum despite already giving him the public go-ahead. More from my conversation with Max Raymond coming, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. NFL season, it is the middle of the playoffs right now. College football has their championship game tonight. The NBA is going on. NCAA basketball is going on. There's only one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, for a 50% welcome bonus upon your first deposit. Once again, a lot happening right now in the world of sports. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online your online sportsbook experts. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar out there right now. They've got six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, chia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have their 12 original flavors, all chocolate, six with nut, six without nut, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off on your next order. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Also, make sure you check out Locked On Bets, his new podcast from Locked On Podcast Network. 
It's all things sports action, so go check that out. You can find it wherever you get this podcast or you get your podcast in general. All right, now back to my conversation with Max Raymond of District on Deck. Yeah, I I, I think well, and once you you and I mentioned that last year, that's an issue where we have some concerns because they did not handle that in a way that allowed them to make a determination about who their who that would be this year. And that's the problem, right? Is that you had a 60 game season where you weren't very good and you didn't and, and that should be an opportunity to tell whether that guy mm-hmm. could be playing third base for you in the future. You, you didn't get that chance. And so that's a big question him, mark. They gave him 99 at bats and they sent him back to the alternative side at one point. Like that's not fair to him. Like they were trying to compete, but there, there was no time to compete. Strasburg was hurt. Scherzer was battling his hamstring. Corbin was fought, was like inconsistent. He was trying too much because all the pressure was on his shoulder. So like you can't rely on the starting rotation. We don't have the offense anymore. That's the perfect time for Kibum. But as you said, they didn't give him the full opportunity they deserved. But because of that, that I don't think they trust him. I do think they try and add one more bat to the lineup. Yeah, and my, you know, I I wanted DJ LeMahieu. That's somebody that I mentioned a whole lot. And you're looking now. It, it looks like DJ LeMahieu. Look, he's available. The problem yes. is, I don't know where this, there's a there's a few ways this could go. I'm sure you saw the report. It said DJ LeMahieu is displeased with the Yankees mm-hmm. right now. And I thought the Yankees were to get him back. I really did. I think they've almost waited too long. This seems like this was put out by his, I would guess, agent to say that DJ is not unhappy with the Yankees offer. We are now back in business. Come talk to us now. You know, um, there's there's some, you know, Lindor has been traded for. Uh, McCann is gone, right? One of the bigger bats, I guess you could say. There is some... There's a lot of there there when it comes to Springer going to the Mets. So there is, you know, with that in mind, you know, that makes DJ one of the largest bats in the market that feels like he is attainable, right? It's not going to cost you Springer money. He's not going to cost you Real Muto money. He wants five years. I don't think he gets five years. I don't know if the Nats have enough money to to be in, in the market for him. I don't know what the market now changes to with that report. So that's somebody I think they should kick the tires on once again, because that's a guy with the way he hits, you could slide him in in different spots of the lineup. I think his, his flexibility is going to be, is, is, is huge for them. That's going to get, we give them a lot of options if they could get a DJ LeMahieu in. And also it, it goes back to what we talked about, Max, they can move Starlin Castro to third. I agree with you. So, I mean, I've always been high on the DJ LeMahieu train since the last few times we talked. Lemay was 32, so if he did sign that five-year contract, he'd be 37. Well, he turns 33 in July, so he'd be like 37, 38 by the time the contract ends. As of now, according to Spot Track, we are, I believe we have, this says that we have 20, uh, just under 30 million to work with to stay under the luxury tax, but I need to give that another eye to make sure I'm not missing anything. Mm-hmm. A good amount, but. We still need bullpen help. We still need bench help. We need a fourth starter. I don't want to give the last remaining thirty million to DJ Lemayhu. Yeah, he's not worth that. And look, and I and you and I have raved about him. We both really like DJ Lemayhu. We think he's a great fit because of of what he allows the Nats to do. Right? I mean that that gives them the ability to figure out that third base spot, or kind of, I guess, figure out that third base spot. Have a couple options at the third base spot, and. It would it, it would ultimately uh, give them that flexibility like we talked about. And also, I feel like with a DJ LeMahieu, with the amount of money that he should cost, like they should still be able to get a fourth starter. 
the bullpen stuff, you got look, if you can't figure that out on the cheap, uh, you know, that, yeah. that's what you got to do. Don't go out and sign, you know, give bullpen guys big money. It's just not where it's at for me personally. I think also the Nats last season are a great example of their best bullpen pitchers were not guys who were uh, big money acquisitions, right? Nope. I mean, the guys Tanner who felt, Rainey. yep, Tanner Rainey and then Kyle Finnegan, two guys. And um, I forget the guy's last name, Sam, who I'm blanking. He got injured. Right. And Sam Freeman was a very good option for them. All those guys, not expensive. So they can figure that one out pretty, I I think for, you know, uh, for a lower cost, the fourth starter is where I'm wondering how much they're willing to spend. Cause if I'm, if I'm Mike Rizzo, I would say that's where my attention goes. Now that's, that's what I think. You've got Scherzer who dealt with an injury who's older. You've got Strasburg coming off of injury. You've got Corbin, who is there and, and you want to ensure that at least your front three is going to be solid, even with an injury. Yes. And you look across the division too, the pitching strength has increased, right? You, I mean, you don't, I would still argue the Nats the best starting pitching, but if you made the argument for the Braves, if you made the argument for the, for the Mets now, you could legitimately make it right. You, I mean, it's, it's not the Nats and pause it's over. Sorry. You know, no. there, there's competition now. And I think they've got a chance to shore that up with, with plenty of guys left available, but they need to make sure they make a commitment to somebody in that four spot. They need to, because there's another team you didn't mention that not this year, but in a year or two, their pitching is going to be up at the top, and that's the Marlins. Yeah. yeah it's, um, isn't that unreal? I mean, it's unreal how, how good this division is from that standpoint. And then you have the Phillies. But <laughs> uh, So the thing for the four starters, something we need to keep an eye on in two days, the 13th, Corey Kluber is having a bullpen session in Florida, 30 pitches. Multiple teams have been reported to be in attendance, and Washington has already been reported that they'll be there. And former two-time Cy Young winner, hasn't has made, I believe, seven starts over the past two years due to multiple injuries, which have make him a very high-risk, high-reward type player. But I want to see how his bullpen goes. If you can finally stay healthy and you have Corey Kluber as your fourth starter, holy cow, man. Yeah, I mean the rotation would be great, and he's and this thing is, it's th- that fourth spot's a great spot to be in because the pressure's off. You know, there's just you're not you're not asked with, you're not a guy on the marquee. Like I think I think with Carlos Carrasco coming in, you know, you, you'd say that's a great spot for him, right? Um, I would say that the the Braves have built a rotation where there's the pressure's off, right? It's not all about one guy. You know, I think with the Mets still Jacob Degrom, obviously there's a tremendous amount of pressure there, but still with the way they're trying to build that team, I mean, you, you're thinking about. You know, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, and then Carrasco. The Nats have a chance to build potentially a Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, and then somebody like a, you know, Jose Quintana or a guy like a Corey Kluber. And that – Jake Odorizzi, right? And the pressure's just off. The pressure in that spot is, you know, hey, look, if you can be what Anibal Sanchez was, which a lot of those guys have the potential to be, even they have the potential to even be even better, of what Sanchez was in 2019, just consistent, be yourself, and, you know, we'll – you know, the lineup will be there for you too. I think it's a, they're going to be able to, you know, I mean, that can be the strength of the team. Once again, it can't, it, it doesn't have to be the, uh, the, a little bit of that revolving door we saw last year where it was Austin Voth, Eric Fetty, Will Crow. Yeah. I know the season was different, but they have a chance to mm-hmm. re-solidify that rotation, re-solidify yeah. it. Yeah. Speaking of Sanchez earlier today, according to the MLB trade runners that uh, Phillies are interested in his services. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I want to hit on LeMahieu really fast again, because things have changed now. He's now. So now he's coming to to saying to his management, reach out once again to others. Right. So he's saying, Hey, 
I re-engage with the team, the teams we were talking to. His price has just come down now. If you're telling your representation to go and, and re-engage with other teams, your price has dropped. And this, this is what we knew would happen, Max, is that we knew the teams could sit and wait and say, all right, we're in no rush. You want five years? No, that's not. We're out on that. I'm sorry. You know, best of luck to you. Now players like LeMahieu are having to come back to the table and say, wait, 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 hold on. Hold on, let's talk because I, the, the Yankees are doing is not flying with me. So I think this this development, because I just read about it a little bit, that, that's that's advantage to a team like the Nationals. That that allows them to get back in. I want to pull a page out of the Atlanta Braves book. Two years ago, they gave a one-year deal, good amount of money, Josh Donaldson, dude balled out. Last year, I did the same thing, Marcel Zuna, dude balled out. If DJ LeMahieu is not getting the market he wants, and I get he's 32, almost 33, so he's running out of time before that last paycheck, give him a good-sized one-year deal. See if it works, moving Castro the third and him at second. Granted, Washington has been very lucky to do that, and just let it ride. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And also, too, if you can get him for one or two years, that allows Gar- Garcia wouldn't have to sit that long because I think what we saw last year is that his hit, look, he's not hitting for power. And I think people are upset. I mean, a lot of, you know, some people I talked to were upset about that. They're, you know, they were saying, Oh, well, you know, Nats fans kind of wanted them to hit for more pop. And yeah, you know, he was getting a bunch of hits, but it wasn't that meaningful. Look, the lineup wasn't very good last year, but if you do a one or two year deal, you're not blocking him for very long. Right. And I think it's important for him. You know, I don't, I think if they get LeMahieu up there, what it allows them to do is give reps to Garcia in AAA because I think for him right now it's 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 about getting growing into your body, becoming a better defensive player, and, tr- and trying to hit some for more power. And so those repetitions at all those spots, like we saw a taste of it last year. Okay, that guy may not be major league ready on a day to day basis, but there is a there's definitely something there with the offense. Definitely something there with the offense. I'm with you, and the thing is, everyone was complaining about his power. He was 19, 20 years old. Wasn't even supposed to be there, like, was not supposed to be there due to all of his injuries. And if he never does come in the power, but he can still hit, he hit 276 last year, he could be a great potential number two hitter, guy that just gets on base and sets up your Soto and your Turner and your Schwarber. And that is perfectly fine because you need guys in this league to get on base. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, like, just pure hitting, like, he was more consistent than Victor Robles was last year. You know what I mean? He was more consistent than Adam Eaton was last year. Well, you know, when Adam Eaton was, was playing and, and, you know, I'm not saying, you know, they could rely on him at the front of the order all, you know, all the time. But like, like you said, like he's a guy who gets on base and definitely somebody in the back compliment them. You know, and I think that's something to look for moving forward is how do they build that back of the order? Right. If, if they don't go for a LeMahieu, you know, is how much run is Garcia going to get? Um, you know, could he be a guy that they slide to the back? you know, depending on how things shake out at some positions. But it's the Nats now with Schwarber, we can see what they're doing, right? We're gonna, we can see that they're going to take some risks, right? But I think Nats fans and also the Nats as an organization have to look at the division and say, look, this team, what you're doing is fine. This is, this is good. If you're in the NL Central, yeah, you got a chance to win. If you were in the AL Central, maybe you have a chance to win. You know, I know the White Sox and the Indians are now trying to tank, but you know, the Twins are pretty Twins. good. But maybe you have a chance to compete there. You know, uh, the AL East might not be very good this year. You know, mm-hmm. and well, the Rays are the Rays are dismantling part of that team, and the Yankees don't yeah. seem don't seem keen on spending yeah, the requisite money to build that team. Toronto is willing to. Yes, spend. yes, but but the Nats are experienced to yeah. a level that a lot of those teams aren't. So I you have a chance to compete there. I, I agree with you. You, you know. 
if you're in one of those divisions, yeah, sure. Maybe you got a shot, but you're not. You're, you are in the National League East. You have to contend with the Mets now. And the Mets are, are, I mean, they haven't won anything yet. They are not the favorite, but they have the horses too. The Braves got better. And they were, and they were without a doubt, the best team in our division, right? In, in this, you know, in, if I'm ours and yep. the Mets and the, the, the Nats. Yeah, have to say, yeah. yeah. And so that's who you have to compete with, right? You're not trying to beat the Dodgers. You're not trying to beat uh, the Padres. You're trying to beat the teams that you play the most. And who do you play the most? You play the Mets, the Marlins, uh, you know, the, and the Phillies. And I'm, I'm totally blanking. the uh, Mets, Marlins, Philly, and Braves. Yeah, the Braves. You have to build to beat those teams, and this roster is not there yet. So the job is not done. And it's not like years past. Like, Daniel East has, you said, got it much better. The Marlins are a year away. Like, they are ahead of schedule last year due to the expanded playoffs. They got a taste of it. They have a stacked farm system. They will be here next year. The Mets, they're not done. I still think they signed either Springer or Bauer or both because um, Steve Cohen has money. He didn't lose anything from COVID. He, they have been talking ex- extensively, he and Sandy, if they should go over the tax, which I think they do because why not? You have a chance right now. The Phillies, Dave Dombrowski's in, in town, so like I will never doubt him. And then you got Atlanta who just added Charlie Morton to an already up-and-coming rotation. Yeah, it's it's scary how good these teams are, right? And and I, the the Nats, this move is one of those where I think we get getting back to the Schwarber move. We're all kind of sh- saying saying, all right, we were cool with Josh Bell because that makes sense, calculated risk, two years control, low money, all that stuff. You're going to bring a second guy in now who's got that high variance of, of strikeouts, right? We like mm-hmm. the pack that he brings some solo power, and they're going to address that's that's stressing this. But you get two guys in there like that for them to compete, both of them have to hit. I really believe that for them to compete in this division, they have to stay healthy. And I think both those guys have to be the versions of themselves that are their best. Do you agree with that? I do. But do you know what changes everything is if I don't think it happens, but if they announce that they uh, bring the DH back, because that changes everything. Please God do it. I don't want to watch these pitchers anymore. After a guy like Michael Brantley in left field. Mm-hmm. I agree. Eddie, Eddie Rosario. And it looks like they're going to move Soto to right. That appears to be what they're going to do. Yes. I mean, do you agree? You know, with bringing in Kyle Schwarber, it looks like Juan Soto is going to move to right field. You know, it, it, Schwarber does, Schwarber's one of those guys that, yeah, against certain, certain pitchers, maybe he doesn't play, but I think you're going to end up seeing Juan Soto in right field moving forward. I agree. I agree with you. And I still think that's why you need another bench outfield bat. And I mean, you have one already. You don't need a fourth outfielder. You have Andrew Stevenson, who's mm-hmm. only played in small sample sizes. He looks the part. Yeah. Oh, especially as a utility guy, looks the part as well. Uh, all right, Max Raymond, thank you for joining me today. Where can people find you and your work? District on deck on Twitter. Come read anything about the Nationals from our uh, me and James. Or, yeah, James Simmons. We write all about us for Fansided. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, Max Raymond 1. All right, perfect, Max. Appreciate your time. Thanks, man. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And until tomorrow, stay safe.